This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello, I'm Kate Wheeler. I'm here in studio with Christine Bentley, and you are listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate that. Did you know that nearly half of Canadian adults report being affected by seasonal or year-round allergies? Not only is half the population suffering, but results from a new survey found that most allergy sufferers feel their symptoms have a negative impact on their emotional well-being. We're going to learn more about the report with Victor Wong. He's a pharmacist at Shoppers Drug Mart, and he will also have some tips to proactively manage allergies. That's great. I can't wait to hear that. Speaking of being proactive, if summer is just around the corner, or mm, maybe it's already here, but not officially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for some of us, the mission for the summer bod is in full swing. Uh, and some of us are failing that one miserably <laughs> as well. Anyway, we're going to be joined by Noel Miller, the founder of Design Fitness. And he is going to tell us why it is so important to take a more proactive approach to our lifestyle and our health. Children and teachers across the country have already kicked off uh, their official summer countdown. And Emil Burbage, Toys R Us Canada's chief play officer, is going to bring in some hot toys that will keep the children in your lives entertained all season long. Many college and university students have just graduated or they're getting ready to. And now looms the big issue for many of them, finding a job. Get a job. Yeah. Ryerson's <laughs> Dean of Continuing Education, Marie Butrujani, has some tips about what employers are looking for and how to go about getting that job. Yes, that that is key. Uh, Sophie got the best summer job ever. She's doing research from her computer in the back garden while she's, you know, sitting out there. It's it's great. She mm-hmm. works out solidly, takes a lunch break, does it all, um, but she's clocking in hours while tanning. Perfect. Yeah, now all we're arguing about is sunscreen. (laughs) Musicologist Eric Alper is talking singing drummers in On the Record. We'll just let him explain that one. And closing out the show in our live studio sessions today, we have Toronto singer-songwriter Dia. It's your last chance to enter to win a copy of Disney's A Wrinkle in Time and Peter Pan on Blu-ray thanks to Walt Disney Studios Canada. So go to whatshesaidtalk.com now and click on the contest page to enter before it's too late. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. This is 1059 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest, and lovable. Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. According to a new study conducted by Reactin, nearly half of Canadian adults report being affected by seasonal or year-round allergies. Not only is half the population suffering, but the results found most allergy sufferers feel their symptoms have a negative impact on their emotional well-being. Joining us now to discuss this is Victor Wong. He's a pharmacist at Shoppers Drug Mart. Welcome to What She Said, Victor. Thanks so much, Kate. So, okay, even with half the population suffering, the study found that one in five allergy sufferers don't use any kind of treatment. Why Why do you think that is? Yeah, that's a huge percentage of the huge. population. Yeah. That's about more than 16 million Canadians. Isn't that crazy? It is yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of reasons why people don't use medications. I mean, okay. first of all, sometimes people don't even know if it's allergies. So right. the symptoms between allergies and colds are very similar. I mean, you get the, the stuffy nose, the runny right. nose, itchy, watery eyes. So oftentimes people confuse it for being a cold. 
and so they miss self-diagnose it. Right. That Dr. Google again. <laughs> That's right. And another reason is because they get aisle anxiety. I don't know if you've ever walked into a pharmacy, but it's an entire wall full of medications. And sometimes people are really intimidated by that. They don't know what to choose I and what the best the treatment is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They should be. They should be doing that. That's exactly what I do. Yeah, I like, say I need this best? and whatever. Exactly. And, and of course, the last reason is because sometimes people just suck it up. People just... They want to be manly. They want to be manly, and they would rather suffer than uh, go on with their lives. Well, now, the, yeah, well, I was going to say, speaking of being manly, do men or women suffer more? Is there a difference? Well, studies actually show that genetically, women are more predisposed to suffer from allergies more than men. And this actually has to do with the immune response. So women are genetically uh, more prone to have a, a sensitive immune response, um, thus causing them to actually have more allergy symptoms. And a study actually sh showed that uh, women going through menopause at that time were many times higher than men in terms of being hospitalized for asthma and other other conditions like that. Typical. Everything, yeah. everything goes at the same time. And, and are, is there a higher percentage of women or men who don't seek treatment? Well, that's one. that one's different. Yeah. <laughs> so they actually show that men, men are yeah. less likely to talk to their doctors. Another thing doctors. that I've heard from people, because I, I had nothing. My children had asthma, but I had nothing until I started getting older. And then it was a little more and a little more. And now I do have seasonal allergies. Okay, like I think our yes. immune system just uh, as we get older. That's absolutely correct, yes. But I've talked to people who have the same thing. And I say, why don't you go and get a, an antihistamine? Oh, it makes me drowsy. I don't mm. like the way it makes me feel. I said, you, you like this? Like snorting mm -hmm. all day? Like exactly. running down your... Anyway. Yeah. So I think that's what, another thing, too. People feel that they don't understand that they're daytime and nighttime things, that you don't, you don't have to be groggy. You don't have to be groggy. And it's about choosing the, the right medication. So, for instance, I love taking my Reactin. I find Reactin really works well for me. So do I. Yeah. And yep. it's, it's, for most people, generally non-drowsy. And also it lasts the entire day. Some allergy medications you have to dose four or five times a day. And with uh, something like Reactin, I find I just take one tablet a day. And it's mm -hmm. good at controlling my itchy eyes, watery nose, uh, sneezing. So, so you're right, uh, uh, Christine. It's about choosing the right one. So what about, okay, so, so let's go back to some of the highlights of the report. Pollen and hay fever are the leading cause of allergies in Canada. Yes. But the figures for both of those allergens have increased significantly in the last few years. Um, right. So are, and people are experiencing more symptoms even. Yes. What's going on with that? So it's very strange, but the hypothesis is that climate change has something to do with it. So because of climate change, um, we find that the seasons are getting warmer. So winters are getting uh, uh, shorter. Mm -hmm. Spring is occurring earlier, thus allowing all the plants and the trees and the mm -hmm. flowers and the grass to, to start pollinating earlier on the season. So people are suffering um, you know, very early on in April. And also with the early thaw, this exposes a lot of mold as well, causing people who are allergic to mold um, to also have symptoms as well. Well, I said I get allergies in the fall and you said, oh, you're allergic to mold. Yes. How do you know that automatically, that it's mold <laughs> and, and like as soon as the evening, as soon as you would notice any dew on the grass? Mm-hmm. That's that's when it's really bad for a lot of allergy sufferers because that's mold. You're absolutely correct, Christine. Mold spores. And a lot of people don't realize there's actually um, uh, different seasons of allergies. So early on in the spring, you're looking at pollen. Mm -hmm. So people who are sensitive to pollen will have symptoms at the time. So pollen from trees like oak or birch, mm -hmm. uh, things like that. And then towards midsummer, it's grass allergies. Mm -hmm. And then later on, towards the end of fall, there's been a lot of foliage that's fallen. Uh, people have been cutting their grasses, and, and the mold really uh, uh, comes out and, and affects a lot of people. Well, allergies are all part of that whole sort of bucket. And one of, one of the areas is asthma, but that's that's absolutely allergies. I mean, it with a different reaction, perhaps. But, you know, when, when my kids were young, when I was young, I don't remember anybody talking about allergies or asthma. Mm. You know, yes, but now yes. everybody talks about it. Like right. half a class has asthma. Everybody's t 
got allergies. Everybody's yes. talking about allergies. Right. Is that all because of global warming? Well, there's also the hygiene theory. So um, as you've noticed, uh, uh, Christine, so a lot of people have seasonal allergies now. A lot of people also have food allergies. I mean, back mm-hmm. in the day, yeah. people, didn't, allergies. Even, yeah, yeah, people didn't, didn't even talk about peanut allergies. No. I was taking my peanut, uh, peanut butter sandwiches to school. School and nobody, like I never even heard of anaphylactic shock. Yes. So the hygiene theory is that because of uh, both antibiotic use early on in, in um, livestock and things like that, and also because we are more and more clean in the developed world, uh, we find that um, the immune system is developing differently. Mm-hmm. And perhaps that has led to a rise in, in allergies in all types among individuals, children and adults. I believe that we should, uh, my kids like were out in the garden and doing, I was like, go eat a pound of dirt by the time you're 10, <laughs> like get all the mosquito bites that you can now, everything, get it all over with young. Because I think people can be too clean. I don't think, I think we wipe out our our, <laughs> our, our, our bodies immune system response if we're if we never experience those germs right yeah. that's and, and that's yeah. the theory you're well, absolutely my, correct yeah. my pediatrician every time they got a fever would say great another three things there they, <laughs> they learned to fight. cross it off the list but let me ask you let's go back to reactin yes um uh, which is an basically an antihistamine anti-allergen right right so yes. uh in terms of safety, if I were to have allergies for a whole month, something that might concern some people who don't like too much medication, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't know what, depending on whether it's daytime, nighttime, is it how many hours? Yeah, so reactant itself lasts for a whole 24 hours. Okay. And, and you hit on a good point about safety. So a lot of people are afraid of taking medications in general. Yeah. But I do want to let everyone know that uh, medications like reactant are extremely safe. Right. And it's actually recommended to take the medication early. So early before the symptoms start. Because so you once would the, take it as a preventative measure? That's when you, right. When, the, when, when you see the leaves come out, you just start to take one a day just... Yes, and that's how I take mine too. Really? Um, so at the beginning of, of allergy season, you know the al- the pollen is really out in the air, especially on amazing days like we've had this week. You know, bright sunny days, right. um, clear skies, right. light breeze. You want to take wind. it early on. Light breeze and wind. wind. Yes, yeah. that's right. And I take it on a daily basis because you really want to stop this histamine reaction from even starting. Um, and, and prevention is actually better than cure. So would it be okay, healthy? Would it be fine for me to take it for a month? Absolutely healthy. And, no side and effects? No side no, effects, no. No? no. Yeah, awesome. it's very, very safe. Um, now, this is neat. Um, Reactin has started an online petition to make the allergy emoji a reality, and they've got a picture of it here. I guess Aww. you have to there, – there's what, – what is it, the Unicode consortium that controls all emoji making? That's right. I mean, everyone loves emojis. Yeah. Uh, I find myself using emojis almost every single day, and it's, it's really strange. It's almost as though the world has gone back to using hieroglyphics to communicate instead yeah. of <laughs> the real words. Um, so it's a, it's a little emoji with, like, watery eyes, flowers and grasses and, and leaves beside it. T- tissue coming out of the nose and the hashtag is allergy feels because yes. we're all about feels these days too right <laughs> so I mean how do they know if this becomes a reality when yes. will they when will we know well we have a petition going on okay. and this petition is to collect names so you can sign up on change.org and just look up hashtag allergy feels and uh, if we get enough petitions and it's enough signatures, um, hopefully Unicode's consortium will add this to the the number of emojis that and we have. And you've already designed it for them. That's right. Yes. That's so cute. So cute. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Victor, where can people go to learn more about managing their allergies? Right. So there's two two main uh, uh, websites. So you can uh, go to um, uh, Asthma Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, asthma.ca. That's a great website, great resource, and also reactin.ca to find out more information about how to manage allergies. Well, that's awesome. Victor Wong, thank you very much for joining us Thanks. today. Thank you so much. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good to grow high interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half calf, half sweet, no foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. 
and accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Well, actual summer is just around the corner and the mission for the summer bod is in full swing for many. Joining us now in studio is Noelle Miller, the founder of Design Fitness, who is offering a long-term and proactive approach to health and personal fitness with the healing art of exercise. Welcome to What She Said, Noelle. Thank you very much for having me. Now, you talk about two forms of fitness, fitness for health and fitness for performance. Yes. What's the difference and what do you do? So the difference is there's one for athletes, and this is a specific mindset person. Uh, these kind of people um, identify themselves through their actions and have done so for a long period of time. Probably as kids growing up, they've always been into sports. Mm-hmm. Most other people do not do that same thing, right? We have a different way of kind of communicating with our bodies, and we kind of identify uh, with the process of life. So uh, this approach for the lifestyle is a lot more gentle, a lot more subtle, and has more benefits for this style of person, so the average person. So in this model, we take a look at um, how lifestyle is affecting the body. So what the body is doing is just expressing itself based on what's happening to it. And that's something that we really take a look at. And this style of thinking of the lifestyle and health uh, version of fitness has been around for over 100 years. And it was one of the original parts. Actually, it's the, it's the equal to the, the fitness part, right? They've always been together and just been separated over a few years. Uh, and now I'm trying to kind of bring this mindset back into the limelight. Okay, so I, I want to get through all of that maze and get down to the bottom line. So what does that mean? I walk in mm-hmm. and you look at me and you look at the fat all over my thighs and my bum and my tummy and my whatever. And you say, okay, like what, what? what would happen if... How would, would you do that where you would merge my lifestyle or whatever? What, what happens? Okay, so I'd take a look at, okay, the, your age, why things are happening in that sense, and then say, well, is the weight gain from lack of exercise? Maybe not. Maybe it's from, uh, let's say, all those chocolate wine. bars. <laughs> chocolate, wine, Cheese. lack of exercise. Yeah. Bread. Kind of things, right? yes. So we, we change the, the lifestyle so it supports something that's a little bit more balanced for you. So why are you taking to these things would be the question. Based on why you're taking to them, then we can implement something that's going to uh, help you limit these uh, expressions that are not as balanced as we might like. Right? So the, the fact that you're doing it is uh, there's a challenge or... Um, something making it harder for you to live in your balance. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the chocolate, you go to the drinks, and these kind of things. But if we address why that stress is there, there's actually no need. You won't physically want those things. You'll be happy and content just in... So you're not going to give me a, a an eating plan or a workout plan? It depends. So if the issue is with your eating, because each person is different, mm-hmm. eat for different reasons, and a body adjusts differently. Maybe it's both. It could in be. In my case, it's both. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fair enough. And then we take a look at why those things are happening and we give a a prescription based on that. So if somebody's uh, holding on to weight because of a hormone thing, exercise won't help. So we can't use exercise. But if it is a uh, stress That's thing, it. I'm blaming my hormones. <laughs> stress. <laughs> stress? Uh, absolutely. That's what the responsible. Stress? stress is big. If it's stress and it's the internal hemisphere that's off balance, yeah. then we have to address the things in the lifestyle that are causing stress. Right. So we think of this kind of like a, um, um, atmosphere or something that is a circle. If this circle continues going, going, then there's nothing to break it. There's nothing to change the body's expression. OK, so design fitness will then put together a customized health plan to help create the li- a lifestyle that supports one's health. Yes. And incorporates exercise into the daily schedule. Yes, activity, yes. Activity, not exercise. Yes. What's the difference you're saying there? The difference, lifestyle-based um, activity can be anything that causes you work more. 
right? Mm -hmm. Exercise can be anything that uh, progressively builds you towards a goal. Fitness is for performance. Mm -hmm. So in these three different things, we're not really looking so much performance. We're looking for daily living. When we look at daily living, what is exercise? What is activity? For somebody, their exercise might be just simply um, cutting the lawn and going down the road, walking a block or so. This might be their version. We would then alter other things in their lifestyle to promote health again. Well, take somebody like Kate who has a dog. She mm -hmm. walks the dog mm -hmm. um, a couple times a day. Mm -hmm. She does a lot of gardening, which mm -hmm. is heavy muscular um, work. Yeah, work absolutely. Um, take somebody who might clean their house. Mm -hmm. I I've, I always clean my house because my kids had asthma and they would never do it mm -hmm. right. Right, so. Those kinds of things, and, and I would cut the grass and garden. So those are those, you consider that to be part of a lifestyle exercise? It could be. Mm -hmm. um, the number one thing we have to kind of take into consideration is when your body starts to adapt to doing something over a long period of time, Muscles change, things tighten, things uh, oh, that's change all, position. Or you use new muscles. Like when I was doing a lot of weeding or dandelion removals, all of a sudden, like, wow, haven't worked out those muscles yeah. in, in, in a while. while. So Absolutely. And yeah. uh, should you have that feeling of, I haven't worked them out in a while, mm -hmm. that becomes a deeper question. Should right. you be more like, oh, yeah, I remember these guys. And <laughs> 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 <Right>? Hello. <laughs> exactly. And because we kind of disconnect from our bodies and we just kind of go work and do our thing, do our thing. We also don't feel when things are tightening up. Before you mm -hmm. feel pain, most people are like, oh, yeah, I have this pain in my shoulder, and I had it yesterday, and it kind of bugging me now, or I've had it for a couple mm -hmm. of months. This is a misperception. So who do you think would benefit from seeing design fitness or, the design most? Fitness. I think when you decide to make your health a priority, you will benefit. Because there's a lot of things that you can do to be an advocate for your own health and take that into your own hands, as well as a new understanding of health. That will also help you uh, make sound decisions when it comes to something like that. What do you think people most ignore about their health? What signs? What signs? I'd say it's the direct communication of the body to them. So when you have a tightness, this means something. When you have a pain, this means something. When you have uh, a headache, this means something. Whenever you do an activity and it's dis uh, discomforting or you feel sad or happy, this means something to your body and your body will express this. So this kind of communication is actually absolutely key to making sure that uh, we do the right uh, counteraction. Everything has a cost, mm. and we want to balance out that cost. I think many people feel like a sissy complaining about a headache or a little ache somewhere mm. or, or, you know, to come in to you and say, okay, so I have a little ache behind my knee or <laughs> I don't know. Well, okay, she mentioned knees. Okay, I, I fell playing baseball. Mm -hmm. Spectacular fall, <laughs> they tell me. Um but I haven't been. I gave up baseball because I tried a knee brace. I tried different uh, exercises, stretching. I gave up baseball, and I'm trying to start tennis. But my knee's been bothering me. It hasn't got completely fixed. Mm -hmm. For this is the third summer. Yes. So, can you help with something like that to build up? Absolutely. Those muscles again. Um, what we have to also understand is when the body is injured, it's affected on many layers. Mm -hmm. So the muscles might be affected. The uh, tightness of the tendon might be affected. Mm -hmm. The blood flow. Um, the way you hold your posture because you hurt something, the muscles that have adapted to create a new compensation of a walk. So when you half address something, so for example, uh, personal training looks at the body in one way. Massage therapy looks at the body in one way. Mm -hmm. uh, chiropractic, GPs, we, they look at the body in one way. These are all different ways to view a singular thing, meaning that all these things are accumulation of just one thing. And if we take that into consideration, there's a lot more pieces of the puzzle that we have to address to really fully recuperate uh, the body. And this is very important. So, so you will take clients' pre-existing health issues into consideration, work with all of that? We have to. We all have things that happened before you met me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? If you're living life, things are going to happen. Demands are going to be on the body. And we're going to have to need to change some things. Yeah. So do you, do, you make, do you identify some of those things and, and make sure that they get uh, the care they need for those pre-existing? Absolutely. So if it is a chiropractic issue, I'll send you the chiropractor. We'll get his assessment. We'll then be able to say, is it actually that? Or is it a tightness in the muscle that's causing this dysfunction? If it is, then we address a different avenue. We might go personal training. We might do um, massage, do these different characteristics to help improve the connection between these practices and efficiency. Why do you call yourself an alternative health service? Alternative meaning uh, proactive in a sense, because alternative is just outside of what we commonly do. Right. Uh, I see. So there's a certain system in place that works really well for if you are reacting to a situation. I'm trying to prevent it to happen. 
um, in the most case. I do see, see people that have issues um, pre-existing, mm-hmm. and this is where we take a, a deeper look at things because it's a lot more complex at that point. Mm-hmm. But if we stop it from ever happening, it's a lot more easy and it costs less. <laughs> so how do people find out more? Where do they get in touch with you? Uh, you can contact me at my webpage, www.designfitness.ca. And I have some videos and good content there for you guys to take a look at. So is there a location or can people connect with you online? I, I mean, is there like a Skype thing, thing or, or um, how, how, do, how does it work? So you can also uh, book things through email mm-hmm. as well as I will, after we have our phone talk, I will be able to uh, come to your location because most of the things happen at home. And yeah. this is how I could have better address these issues. Okay. That's it. Sounds so, great. So we'll be doing squats while we're doing the dishes before you know it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. My mother used to do squats in the shower. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, Noel Miller, thank you very much for telling us about Design Fitness. Thank you very much for having me. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good to grow high interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com tc or call 416-340-7270. This is 105.9 The Region. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Well, children across the country have already kicked off their official summer countdown. And joining us now is Emil Burbich. Hello. Hello. He's Toys R Us, Canada's chief play officer, who has brought in some hot toys that will keep those children entertained all season long. We're happy to have you back on the show. And, and let's start with who you're holding. Well, I'm holding here baby Annabelle. And she looks like a real baby and feels like a real baby. Mm -hmm. And not only that, now she speaks and she can react to motion and touch. And when when you rock her, she can start to sleep. And not only that, when you feed her her water on her water bottle and you press on her heart, she -hmm. starts to pee. (laughs) Just like a real baby. (laughs) Exactly. And she also can cry. Oh, yeah, I'm not sure we want to hear her cry. No, I, I'm not sure. We want to keep Annabelle happy. So yeah. age range, um, anybody that likes little dolls, what's, oh, starting over, what, four, maybe three, four? What would yeah, you say? three, four, that's a pretty good starting age. Yeah, well, I happen to have a niece, Annabelle, who is three. Oh. Uh, three. I wonder if she'd like a, a baby Annabelle, because she just got a baby sister yeah. herself, a real one. Oh, did she? Yeah. <laughs> well, sure, but that's, she can, this would be better to practice on. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes. Very cute. And you said she feels she responds to touch yes she does oh hang on i have the baby there she is throw her over yes. <laughs> so, so what let me see so when you rock her she can go to sleep like a real there you go oh yeah oh yeah her eyes closed oh you're very cute okay there you go <laughs> she sighs <laughs> it's, a, it's a little snore i think yeah. Yeah, maybe sounds like a little <laughs> snore okay all right that's annabelle uh, and there's the crying. See, she doesn't like me. I'm going to give her back to I'm you. Give her back. Oh, there you go. <laughs> what's our What's our next thing? Um, Jurassic Park. Yes, Jurassic Park. There's a new movie for Jurassic World coming out in June, mm-hmm. and this is going to be a huge trend 
for the toys this summer. Right. So we have two of them. So we're going to start with Lego here. This is the T-Rex Transport. It's a Toys R Us exclusive. So mm -hmm. you can only find it at Toys R Us. And the dinosaur, the T-Rex here, is only in this set. Okay. And it's, it's a transport truck that is carrying... A dinosaur. A dinosaur. Yes. So it comes with two guards and Zia with her mobile lab. And so you can go on adventures with the dinosaurs, save the dinosaurs from the island. You can put them in this cage. You can have Zia uh, taking care of the dinosaurs here so okay. to, for medical care. Mm -hmm. And uh, there you go. You have a fun little truck for transportation oh, and, fu so. and fun. I, perfect. Okay. And you've got a bigger... I have a bigger, bigger. Jurassic World. Yes. This one is the Imaginex Jurassic World Indoraptor. He's a and raptor, all right. He is a raptor. Look at those talons. And he comes <laughs> with here, one of the, Owen, one of the main characters from the movie. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And look at this. When you put him, the, oh, he follows it. He follows, oh, he's, he's eating Christine's computer. <laughs> so he follows Owen's ATV when you put it in front. And the faster you go, the faster the dinosaur will go. Oh really? Yes. Does the mouth open? The mouth opens. Oh yeah. It, the action, the the power pads on the top. So you, when you put the character here and you press, <gasps> there you go. You can make him grow. Scary. And when you t you turn it, he just moves forward. Okay, so those look like a lot of fun, and we like to have fun and learn at the same time. Exactly. So Leapstart has come up with something. Leapstart has this interactive book, the the Leapfrog Leapstart. Mm-hmm. My I children had, had leapfrog. Yes, I I've bought I that had too before and too. I really liked it. They're, they're and fabulous. this is very cool too. Right. So it's for younger kids from I'd say uh, until a ten, mm -hmm. and there's more than thirty activity per book. So it's an interactive book. Comes with a pen, and you touch. You can touch everything in the book, and it makes sounds. And you can learn colors. You can learn letters. You can learn all tons of essential and useful things. Mm -hmm. So. Every book have around 30 activities, which is pretty good, pretty good. And there's tons of add-ons. So let's say if I finish this book, I can get another book to play with. And it has a volume control, which is great for parents. Yeah. <laughs> How yeah. did you know, Emil? <laughs> <laughs> and it has a headphone jack, which oh, is so you pretty can, nice. Yep, so they can be but let's say completely with, private. But let's say with time, kids grow and mm -hmm. all of that, and even me, so... <laughs> You can adjust the size of the pen, so you can make it slimmer for when the kids get older. Oh, okay. So if, uh, when their dexterity improves, they exactly. can change the So pen. you don't have to buy a whole new system. You can just change just certain elements of it and then change the workbooks? And Perfect. Exactly, yeah. Okay, so this is actually, uh, Emil, your your last year as the chief play it's officer. My Three years you've been doing this. Time to move on. Yeah, it's been great. It's it's time to pass the toy torch on. And the toy torch. <laughs> and the, they probably have one of those. share my <laughs> experiences to a new and younger CPO and uh, so they'll be starting a search in, in June. Okay, uh, they'll yeah. starting a search in June. And now all these toys are available at any Toys R Us uh, Canada. Yes. And people can probably find them online as well. Mm -hmm. Now even these toys, you're saying the movie's coming out um, not yet, hasn't come out yet, but these are still available already? These are already available Okay. okay. and th so they're all going to be part of the movie. Okay, that's excellent. Well, well done. You've been a, a, a great chief play officer, well, CPO. thank you. I'm still here all year. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy to, to, to I'm, I'm, I'm going to enjoy my last year. Well, Absolutely. we'll have you back before Christmas. How's that? <laughs> that's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at WhatSheSaidTalk.com. A select few drummers haven't been content to merely bask in the beat. No, they want to sing too. Joining us now for On the Record is musicologist Eric Alper. And today we're talking about, yep, you got it, some singing drummers. I want to Welcome. sing. I want to sing. I want to play drums. Two do things okay. I don't do we, well in. We all want to sing here. Yeah. And none of us are any good. We have, like, between us, the three of us, yeah. would make the he most hellish trio ever. We would break, seriously. If you really consider the talent that's... 
on this that's in this yeah. surrounding this table right now, we could likely break into the Billboard Hot Ten Thousand. <laughs> Yeah. But failing that, though, we can just talk about no, other people. No, I think we would make a viral video. Um, and it would be called Screeching Cats. Yeah, that, oh, nice. that's right. That's right. Well, YouTube would have that covered. But yeah, you know, there's a lot of drummers out there who We would aren't... have it covered, and you wouldn't? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that was the band, That right? was That was the band, yeah. And, of course, you know, Levon Helm is the drummer for the band. And the band, of course, has a wealth of talent in that group. There's four individuals clearly capable of singing lead but Levon is actually has the one with the more folky sound and of being the the only American in the bunch it makes it then that America's greatest band isn't overtaken by all Canadians Levon Helm was singing on the night they drove old Dixie down the weight up on Cripple Creek and more and just about um, when you put him against any other drummer that's out there in the history of American music he's got the one with the most swing the most groove and and uh, one of the best. Okay, now when Phil Collins took over singing for Genesis, I was mortified. But look what, I mean, I thought like... Look at you, really? I was like... I, You're I those people. I, I thought this is ridiculous. But right. He, but look what he did with it. It's so interesting that people. you say that because, well, because I fall in the Phil Collins Genesis camp because I'm a pop guy and Peter Gabriel, I love his solo stuff. Yeah. But him coming out in the wolf mask and the blob and the flower kind of freaked me out because I wasn't a prog rock fan. But I can only imagine that those fans that came along when Genesis started mm-hmm. were saying, that's it, Peter Gabriel left. That's yeah, it for uh, the band. Because that's what you Crying did. Tears. Yeah, that's <laughs> what you did. Nobody had any idea that rock and roll bands can survive for 40 years. And Bill probably thought the same way because he reluctantly um, mm-hmm. auditioned for his own group to sing. He got it. And of course, you know, huge pop success. In fact, Phil Collins is one of only three musicians in history to sell over 100 million albums as both a member of the group and solo. Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson are the other two. And of course, there's Don Henley. There's Don Henley, witchy woman, desperado, not desposito. Uh, that would be a completely <laughs> I different Two segment. Best of my love. Some of the biggest hits in Eagles history were sung by the drummer. That would be Don Henley. And it's no surprise that those songs rock out a little bit more than the Eagles' usual country rock sound. He wasn't flashy whatsoever. And the drumming part of the Eagles was rarely the focal point, but his undeniable presence behind the kit introduced many rock fans to the idea that the drummer could actually sing. As could Sheila E. Sheila E., one of the very, very smooth um, drummers out there. And in fact, she comes from a family full of musicians. The Escovedo family includes um, icon Alejandro, which is her uncle. Um, Javier and Mario are her uncles. Javier. Javier, yeah, yeah. Javier. <laughs> Javier. So, you, you know what? I'm going to do this whole segment in like in like normal my English. Mario and Javier Escovodo. Um, and her father, of course, Pete. Did I say that properly? <laughs> mm-hmm. Pete? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, of course, Sheila E. played with a lot of other people, including Prince, George Duke, and Herbie Hancock, among others, and had a massive hit with The Glamorous Life. That is why all the girls And 
who can forget Karen Carpenter? She longs to be close to you, close to me. Um, we've only just begun close to you, rainy days and Mondays. Um, Karen Carpenter was one of the most unsung drummer singers in music. There's a lot of people who don't remember that she was actually drumming because you don't really see a lot of videos getting a lot of um, uh, just a lot of airplay on YouTube mm-hmm. these days, but certainly no less influential with her brother Richard. They became the Carpenters and uh, hit the airwaves for a lot of songs in the 1970s and uh, wasn't really all that comfortable in the spotlight. She never recovered from health and uh, uh, mental illness and uh, including dying from a heart failure stemming from her anorexia back in 1983. So a little bit of a troubled soul, but we still have the music for her to live on. And let's not forget Linda McCartney, who sang back up and drum, was on the drums. But didn't there's a reason why she's not want... on this list. But yes, no, she was amazing. That's probably ruined no. my chance of having Paul McCartney on what she said. <laughs> I'm sorry for that. But yes, absolutely. And there, there's a ton of them that are out there. Yeah. Um, but, okay. you know, in five minutes, what can you do? We'll talk to you next weekend. Absolutely. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit KearnsandCo.com. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Making it work takes a little longer. Making it work takes a little time. Making it work takes a little longer. We all know. It's the time of year when many college and university students are graduating or getting ready to, and now looms the big issue, finding a job. Our next Mm -hmm. guest has some great tips to help. We are delighted to welcome Marie Butriani, the dean of the G. Raymond Chang School of Continuing Education at Ryerson University. Welcome to what she said. It's a pleasure to be here, and it was very nice to see you both again. (laughs) Now, tell us... As you see it, the challenges that millennials face after completing a degree. Well, there are certain channel uh, challenges that millennials face and employers face, and there are solutions for both. Okay, millennials face the challenge of being the most educated generation in Canadian history. Uh, Canada is the most educated country per capita in the whole world, uh, and our young people uh, are right up there as as being the highly highly educated. And why is that a challenge? Why such a good thing, a challenge, is that they tend to be overqualified for the jobs they get. Now, we all did, uh, you know, jobs that uh, were under our qualifications as well decades ago. That is nothing new. The difference is we soon, maybe a year, uh, would get a job that uh, really fulfilled our potential. Whereas now it takes years and years for millennials to get that job to fulfill that Mm -hmm. potential. On the other hand, employers are saying... We don't have the workforce we need. There are certain skills that are missing in certain areas like data analytics, uh, social media, believe it or not, um, cybersecurity, big issue, health informatics, uh, just privacy issues around big data, um, 
communications, project management. So there is a solution in that millennials can actually see what their qualifications are, see the jobs they would like to get, and if there are gaps, fill those gaps through continuing education or through self-learning or through volunteering or, or, or any way they can to fill those gaps. Well, I mean, I think I, I think there is a – millennials, it's a big range because mm-hmm. we're talking what? They could be like 20 to 36. Yeah, right. It's a big range. And the jobs are changing. As Christine often points out, there are no – it's not – you're not signing up and staying in one career forever. There are like mini micro uh, muck jobs, That's they right. call them. You're doing so many of them. Um, how do people ferret through what they should do to prepare well, they have to be prepared just for that. that mm-hmm. And they are. Most millennials are actually prepared. They know from speaking to older millennials that they're not going to necessarily get the job that they'll be in for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And they don't necessarily want that. And, and, I, and, and to their credit, they know that they have to be more flexible. And there really isn't anything wrong with uh, having a few jobs under your belt until you get the one that you want. But even uh, baby boomers change jobs more than once. It's, not, it's really not the way it used to be. So learn skills skills that are transferable. I think project management is a great example. Mm-hmm. Get well, project PMP. management. PMP, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Get, learn skills that are transferable. Communication, know how to read, write, and spell well. I mean, uh, I know that there's spell check and all sorts of technologies, but employers still really value uh, literacy. So don't take that for advantage, uh, uh, for, cre- for, for, um, for granted. For granted. For granted, thank you. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, and, and so that's one thing they can do. The other is, when they're doing their resumes, uh, don't do the resumes the way we did decades ago, where it's by date and what you've done and what you grab. Employers want to see skills. Yeah, they're your skill set. That's, that's right. That's what it is. And uh, when you look at the trends in the United States, with states which will inevitably come to Canada, employers are only looking at skills. Whether you're from Harvard or a community mm-hmm. college mm-hmm. or from a university anywhere in the world, they're looking at skills, experience, and character. One of the things I did notice, one of the things I did notice uh, with my children, who are both millennials, um, was language. Mm-hmm. Neither of them are particularly fluent in French or Spanish, but they said that was popping up on every job application. Well, certainly in Canada, particularly mm-hmm. for a federal government job, knowing French is important. Mm-hmm. Not always uh, necessary, but definitely puts you ahead of the curve. Uh, knowing Spanish is very important internationally, as mm-hmm. is knowing German, as is knowing Chinese. So it, it depends on what they want to do. So let me present a scenario where you have someone who's taken a degree. Um, let's say it's journalism. Right. And we had Diane Francis who said they should close the schools for however long. Mm, ten years. The ten years because there are no jobs. So they're in one of those fields where the traditional box is full or it's changed. Mm-hmm. How can they bridge over? Because they're still bright and they're still, you know, informed. Bridge to get, to get something more general that they can get a job. Well, I would disagree with my friend Diane Francis. I don't think we should close the schools, but I think the schools have a responsibility to keep up with the changes in, in the kinds of uh, graduates that uh, we need from journalist schools. We still have journalists. I mean, we're here, aren't we? Mm. Uh, certainly the processes have changed, uh, and mainstream media is changing. Uh, Social media, of course, is a necessity now, and knowing those skills is a Mm -hmm. necessity. Uh, But I think now, particularly with what's going on politically in the world, there is no more important time than for journalists. Except for the fact that they're all being let go. Well, and, 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 and I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, <laughs> but um, I, I, I think we have to fight that. Uh, there's no more important time, I think, uh, right now, speaking as a former politician, uh, than for, for journalists to be uh, vigilant uh, and, be, uh, and, and, and fulfill their ethical obligations. And we would agree with you. One of the issues is that nobody wants to pay for the experience when they can get somebody that has some more of the more current skills out of you know out of the shop so they are they are working there but but let's switch over to what employers mm-hmm. are looking for when it comes to millennial hires they well first of all let me talk about how great millennials are the technology oriented they're honest they're ethical they want work uh, that uh, meet their principles 
Mm-hmm. Um, but they also want a life. They want balance to life. They're not as uh, workaholic as the baby boomers were. And I know I'm generalizing, but we were well, pretty. Well, no, yeah. I think you are, because yeah. if you look on any of the job sites, you, you see work-life balance now right. as a company rating, That's which right. never happened in our day. No, no. We would clean the garages of our professors if it was to get a good reference letter. But <laughs> Work-life balance? Those are well, my, I have two millennials, and uh, one of them said to me years ago when she was in high school, uh, I'm not going to be like you and dad. I'm not going to uh, work uh, to live. Sorry, live to work. I'm going to work to live. Mm-hmm. And so th- that's important about millennials. But at the same time, that those ethics, that honesty, that team uh, player kind of uh, philosophy is is rare and wonderful and, and I think should be embraced. On the other hand, if you're in my generation, for example, uh, in fact, we just had a, a recent uh, a master class on the new technology in education. I'm an educator. It could be daunting, the skills that you need to know in order to meet the demands of today. Uh, students and their consumers now. Uh, so for both age groups, for all age groups, look at the gaps that you have, that your employer thinks you have, or that a future employer demands, and, and fill those gaps. There's distance education now. As I said the last time I talked to you, to you wonderful ladies, that we have ELX, Experiential Learning Exchange, mm-hmm. where there's hands-on experience, coaching, uh, networking events. Uh, at Ryerson University, we have uh, the zones. The, we have the biggest university incubator in the country where some people don't want an actual nine-to-five job. A lot of the millennials want to do um, entrepreneurial uh, positions mm-hmm. and, and create their own jobs. Go to a university that has an incubator and take advantage. I get frustrated when I don't see uh, students taking advantage of what is offered to them. Don't just go to class and, and go home. Look at everything else that the university has to offer, career advice, tutoring, uh, incubators. Uh, we have a sandbox now at Ryerson where you can take any idea and get support. At my school, at the Chang School, we're going to start uh, hackathons for people that uh, – all students from, from not necessarily technology to develop products for people with disabilities. And we're going to give them – we have a, a donor that will give them money to develop those products. And I bet there will be people that won't take advantage of that. And that's what I that's where I think that there's another gap. Take advantage of what's offered. We didn't have a percentage – of what young people have today at post-secondary education. Hey, we didn't have Google. We, we did not have the services that they have today. No. So take advantage yeah, of them is yeah. my advice. We typed up our essays, and if we mistyped them, we typed them again. That's right, that's right. At 6 in the morning. That's right, exactly. Excellent, excellent information. Uh, look for the courses. Um, you think specifically consider um, before choosing a postgraduate course. Absolutely. Do your homework. Um, talk to people that have your dream job. How did they get it? What skills do they need? What skills do they need now? What skills will they need in five years? And get those skills. Thank you so much. Thank you. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good to grow high interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half calf, half sweet, no foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. listening to is Desire by Toronto singer-songwriter Dia, who is in studio with us now. Welcome to what she said. Thank you so much for having me. Tell us how you got started in the industry. 
My musical journey started when I was pretty young. I was about 11 years old when I started performing with my grandfather's folk band, Italian music. And shortly after, I just started performing and writing my own material and just trying to get out there as much as possible and becoming comfortable in front of crowds. You know, and your parents were supportive. Yes, my parents are very supportive. They're actually both musicians as well. So, so no generation <laughs> skipped here. None <laughs> skipped. Nope. Now you describe your music as world pop. Yes. Why is that? What's that mean? So, through my general interests in languages and cultures and anthropology and people in general, as well as my studies, I kind of just found a way to melt all of my love for culture and especially music culture mm-hmm. within pop format so that I can with hopes of really making world music accessible to the general public. I, I guess. see. Yeah. So you just released your debut pop album Desire, which is pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. And how was the process of making that? It was a very long process. It was a very exciting process and also very Daunting. Um, A lot of rewriting and writing and rewriting again because we really wanted to focus on making sure that the essence of the cultures would come through even in a stripped down setting. So without the nuances of having instruments kind of hinting at these different influences, Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that something as simple as a guitar and voice would really still portray the feeling of the song. Okay, and you've got a music video for Desire as well. I do, That's yes. The, single, the, the first is. single, yes. The first single of yeah. it. So, and and um, the video incorporates all those aspects for you of making it world pop. Um, the video is kind of a an artistic collaboration with choreographers who do kind of world dance. Oh, um, And filmmakers who really wanted to take a stance and trying to. It's hard to explain, actually, because there, there are some very different creative aspects to the whole mm-hmm. whole video. Well, maybe it's easier <laughs> if, if people see it. So where can people find you online? People can find me online on Instagram at Dia 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 or Twitter underscore Dia 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 underscore. Or you can buy my music all over iTunes. You can stream it on Spotify. It's all available everywhere now. Okay, well, thank you very much for joining us now. That is what she said for this weekend. We'll be back next Saturday and Sunday at noon on 105.9 The Region. You can find us on social media at What She Said Talk. But singing us out now, here is Dia, accompanied by her brother Rob on guitar, performing Desire. You are the wolf dressed in a sheep's disguise I wear the wool made of sweet summer skies Leaving my shepherd I'll tear myself apart Lying in pastures I'll let you eat my heart na 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 na
time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. Just remember, anyone can be a Cash Kid. You just have to learn how to become one. Get ready to grow your financial knowledge and your wallet with the Cash Kid Podcast. That's right. Find us at thecashkidpodcast.com or listen in on places like Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, or YouTube. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. We all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast. Heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.